welcome to the Mindful Living Podcast. I'm your host, Athea Davis. Are you ready to become the person everyone loves, including yourself? Imagine being filled with purpose, joy, and focused energy every single day. I guide kids to gain their inner calm and adults to spark their inner child. Each week, I will give you fun, practical, and relatable, mindfully infused inspiration, insights, and information that you can directly apply in your life, family, and school or business. So let's get started. Hey, happy day, friends. Welcome to episode 10 of Mindful Living, the podcast. Today, we're going to revisit a topic that I did a few episodes back. And the reason why I want to revisit this topic is because it was really popular. You guys really were tuning in, and that tells me that I need to talk about this topic some more. And it is an important topic for that reason. One, that it shows me you're interested. And two, if you are a parent or educator or educational leader, you know that something's occurring this time of year as we enter the spring season. And that is testing. And usually when we say testing, we think about anxiety. So today we're going to be talking about mindfulness and anxiety. So if you missed the episode that I did on mastering your anxiety, make sure to go re-listen to that episode. It's episode seven. And I'm going to dive in a little more deeply in today's episode on mindfulness and anxiety. You know, just the other day, I was sitting at the table and having a conversation with my husband saying, you know, I just don't feel quite right. Like I just don't feel like myself. And as I was going through this conversation with him, I discovered that I was experiencing some anxiety. And here's the thing I want you to know. Number one, Anxiety, we all experience. So it's not that some people just never experience it. Some people just experience anxiety with much more um, intensity. And then some of us experience anxiety with a lot of intensity. So much so that we do have to seek medical attention and take medication to manage our anxiety. But I... And I mentioned this on episode seven when I was talking about mastering anxiety. But today on mindfulness and and, and anxiety, I want to really focus on generalized anxiety. Okay, so all my discussion on on anxiety, ah, it's a tongue-tied kind of week, friends. I was doing a video the other day and got tongue-tied as well. But we're going to make it through together. All right? So... Uh, generalized anxiety, all right? That kind of anxiety that we all experience and to varying degrees. Like sometimes generalized anxiety can be quite intense, but not so intense that we need to seek medical attention and get medication for it. 
But it is important to know A, what it is, B, how to recognize it in your body, and C, how to manage it. So anxiety is worry, concern, you, things are just out of control, and it's important to know and identify that, yeah, some things are out of our control. Not everything is in our control. And I know many of us love to have things in our control, and there are some things we can, but many things we can't. And what I was noticing, going back to my story when I was talking to my husband the other day, is that I started feeling anxiety because what I notice is I tend to put these really hard deadlines on myself. I come up with an idea and I take action and I think that it's not going to take me very long to move through the project, even if I know that the project is pretty expansive. I you know, calculate the time it's going to take me and it's always so much more. And one of the things that I'm trying to do is tack on a little more time. But this project, it's a pretty big project. And when I'm finished with the project, I can't wait to tell you guys about it. But I, I was feeling like this anxiety was almost suffocating, almost like I felt like I had a wall on my chest, so much pressure. And then I noticed that my, my breath was short and it was just really hard to focus, to think, to really even dive into the project. And I had already started taking action on it and then I got to a point where I just thought it was just, whoa, this was too much. And I don't think I can move forward. And so one of the things that I had to do is one, I had to get into this self-inquiry process to really understand what was going on. And so what it looked like for me was one, just knowing internally without having that conversation with my husband that something's just off. I didn't even know, I didn't even say anything about anxiety at that point. I just said, something is really off. And this was occurring more than a day. So it was one of those lingering anxiety episodes. Maybe you guys are familiar with this. And I, by day two or three, I said, something's really wrong. And I had a conversation with my husband. And so as I was talking to him, I said, I, I'm, pre I'm thinking this is anxiety. So what I did was I named what I was feeling because I wasn't sure. I'm not one to often get anxiety a lot. I experience it just like anyone else, especially in maybe new situations or before a speaking engagement or meeting someone new for the first time. There's some jitters, a little anxiousness there, but this was really different. So it was really helpful to have that conversation and just to get it outside of my mind and my body and to name it. Okay, so on today's episode, guys, we're gonna talk about mindfulness and anxiety. And I wanted you to be familiar with how we're using that term. Anxiety is just generalized worry, concern, 
that things are just out of control. And I want you to know that it's true that we aren't going to control everything. We just can't. So acknowledge that. And I also want you to know that a little bit of anxiety, it's totally okay. And the same is true for stress. Anxiety and stress can kind of get a bad rap, a bad name. But a little bit of it, it can really boost you to change things in your life. It can help you take an internal inventory on what's working and what's not working. As an example, I told you that story about me starting this big project. And it was great and I was really excited about it. And as I got into the project and I thought, oh man, this is, this is really gonna take some time. It's gonna take a lot of brain power. And, and I was taking baby steps as, as I've talked about before. And I just was feeling, it got to the point where I was feeling stuck and I didn't really know what was going on. So you're not gonna know immediately all the time that, oh, you, you just, you can't think clearly, so it must be anxiety. It just doesn't work that way sometimes. It may work that way sometimes. It may be really clear, but it may be a little bit fuzzy, just as I explained that, you know, I just felt off. I didn't feel like myself. I didn't know what was going on. So it started with that internal inventory, like what's working here? And what's not working? Like, so I had to reflect back, you know, when did I start feeling like this? Oh, okay. Then I thought, well, it was when I started this project. I do have other things going on. So this project was something extra I was doing. And as I dove into the project, I realized how expansive it was. And then that's when it hit me that I put myself within this timeline that I was gonna finish this project. And believe me, friends, I think timelines are important. And I just gave myself a timeline, put it in a time frame to finish, that probably wasn't within a time frame that was reasonable, okay, or feasible. And I was holding myself to that standard, regardless of me thinking that it was, oh, okay, it's not reasonable anymore. I was still holding myself to that standard. And I was, this anxiety began to cultivate inside. And I couldn't even name it at that time, right? Because I just said, I remember feeling, and I was telling my husband in that conversation, remember the story I mentioned in the beginning, that I just felt off. I didn't feel, you know, my normal self. I felt a heaviness in my chest. I wasn't sure what it was. And as I was talking to him, it became clear that it was anxiety. And the reason why I was feeling anxious because I just felt really worried about not being able to finish this project within this time frame that I made up. I made up the time frame. And so it had me reevaluate how I approach projects and to say, Athea, it's good to have a timeline and a time frame, but let's rework this and be more reasonable about when we can finish it and break it down into more manageable chunks. I thought I had done that, but I needed to do it even more. So a little bit of anxiety, yes, it's good. It can help us 
change things and move in the right direction. A little bit of stress is good. It can help us accomplish things. But too much can have us feeling stuck. Like I was feeling a lot of anxiety. I was feeling stuck and unclear. I didn't know how to keep moving forward. I felt frozen. I had a lack of vision and clarity. And I was a little reactive, a little moody. And so when I did that internal check and had the conversation with my husband, or you could have a conversation with a friend, with your partner, with some trusted individual to get whatever it is inside, even if you can't name that emotion. It's so important we name the emotion because then we can work with it and manage it. Typically, we want to run away from that stuff that feels hard. You know, we might run away from it by going shopping. We might run away from it by listening to music or watching TV or just pushing it off to the side or burying ourselves in more work. And that's never a good idea because it may be a short-term solution. It may work for that day, that time. All right, friends, but I tell you what, it comes back like a gnarly, hundred-time, scary monster bear. Okay, I don't know what a monster bear looks like, but I promise you don't want to be around one of those. They're not very fun. So what typically happens, too, when we are in an anxious state is we begin ruminating that internal self-dialogue, that negative self-talk. It just spins on repeat over and over and over again. And oftentimes, my negative self-talk can be, oh, this is so crazy, Athea. Why are you doing this project? No one cares. I'm just going to put it away and I need to do something else. And by the end of the, the ruminating that I'm doing, I've put myself in a completely different career. I mean, it's so crazy, you know, the things that we say to ourselves. But many times we don't even know that we're saying that because we're so deep into our ruminating, into our self-critic. And so it takes some awareness to notice that we are in fact ruminating and then can intentionally stop. And I'm going to give us some tips here in just a moment. But also I wanted to bring up that something that I was reading in an article on mindful.org on anxiety and mindfulness, they had mentioned a study in 2010 indicating that having self-compassion may decrease anxiety and depression. Well, certainly if we are ruminating and we are having a lot of self negative self-talk going on, we are not being self-compassionate, right? There's no self-compassion going on there. So self-compassion is a practice. And so how do we even move in that direction anyway? I mean, as I shared in my story, you know, our immediate tendency as human beings is to ignore those hard feelings of anxiousness, to run away from it, 
or to bury it. And part of mindfulness and having a mindfulness practice helps us be with that tough emotion, to be with the anxiety in a mindful state. And so how do we do that, you may be wondering. You may be wondering, Athea, this is crazy. Why do I want to be with anxiety? I get it. I totally do. Because when I was feeling that, I certainly didn't want to feel it. It was really uncomfortable. And I didn't feel like my normal self. And what I noticed is the more that I wanted to push it away, oh my goodness, that hairy gnarly, big teeth, monster bear just got bigger. And I had to just be with it in order to let it go. So part of the mindfulness practice is that when you do mindful breathing, you take a deep, delicious, mindful breath. One of those breaths that I always say there's three elements. It's a long, slow, deep inhale through your nose, and then a long, slow, deep exhale out of your mouth or nose. And then when you fill that oxygen up in your body, when it, that inhale into the nose, that you just really expand in the chest and the ribs and the belly, and drink the breath like nectar. Yep, I just said it. Drink the breath like nectar and just allow it to come in even though you're feeling uncomfortable and want to contract. Because our tendency is to want to contract, so we tend to take shorter breaths. So you're going to have to be really intentional about that. And when you do go down that inquiry path, right? Remember when I said a little bit of anxiety is good, too much, not so good. And oftentimes we have to take internal inventory on what's working, what's not working, reflecting. I gave you that example in my story earlier. So it took me some time to figure out when that set, when it started, when my anxiety started. And then I really had to breathe into it. Oh my goodness, I didn't want to. It was so uncomfortable. I really wanted to push it to the side. But just noticing the anxiety with my breath, in my mind and in my body. Not pushing it away, but just being with it. So remember, I did the internal self-inquiry, that internal check. That's one step. The second step is that I named the emotion. And you might have to talk to someone to figure out what emotion you're feeling. Sometimes it's not that clear. And then once you name it, then you can have a a proper tool to use. So in this mindful breathing tool, you don't want to just keep letting the anxiety go without acknowledging it. You just simply want to be with it because if we keep pushing it to the side, it really gets bigger, right? So you don't want to force it away. It makes it worse. So we name it. We are with that emotion. We breathe into it and we just see what we discover. We just allow anxiety the space, but we manage it with some awareness. So we're aware of our thoughts, 
images and sensations in our body once we've named that anxiety. Friends, I want you to go back and re-listen to my episode number seven on mastering anxiety because I gave some tips in there that are super helpful. And in this one, I'm, I'm breaking it down a little more so you guys can understand that, you know, anxiety sometimes is really tricky. Like I said with my story, it took me some time. It took me a couple of days to discover that that is what I was experiencing. I thought, maybe I'm just tired. You know, maybe, you know, there were some other things. Uh, tired, I, maybe my eating schedule was off. But turns out, no, actually it wasn't any of those things. It was in fact anxiety because as the days went on, it was getting worse. And I kept pushing it away, not naming it. And then once I did have that conversation, did the internal, well, I did the internal check, the internal inventory on what's working and what's not working. And that's when I discovered, oh, this started when I started working on this big new project. And it, and it, then I discovered, okay, what was it about that project? Because I was really excited about it that I put these timeline parameters on me that I just couldn't keep. It just wasn't feasible or reasonable that I needed to modify. And then that helped me again, have the conversation and then to actually name that, oh, this is anxiety. Like I'm putting too much on myself. I can only do so much in a given day, you know, and I know many of you are out there do are busy and doing a lot of amazing things. And I want you to know that you can only do so much in a given day. But remember, don't say you can only do so much in a given day and spend, you know, several hours every night being a couch potato, right? So downtime is important. But be really intentional with your time. I say this to those big go-getters, doers, movers, and groovers that want to stack on everything they can every minute of the day and then think they can accomplish all of that. Yeah, I'm kind of like that. (laughs) And I have to consistently modify and say, wait a minute, I can't do all of that. And that's why I'm feeling that way. And once I'm able to name it, I can be with that emotion and I use my breath, breathing really deep in my body, expanding my chest, expanding my ribs, expanding my belly, and just being okay that it's uncomfortable, that anxiety is not fun. Like it's okay and it won't always be like that. And it goes away, not forcing it, not saying let it go, it goes away. And then I have a special note for my students or, well, you know, for my educators, for my parents that have kids. With testing coming up, there's testing anxiety. And and not just student, you know, you may be facing, you know, I was thinking about this. So I want you to know you can, these are great tips. Any The things I've talked about here on really like how to track anxiety is taking that internal inventory, looking at naming the emotion. Sometimes that's a process and sometimes you need to talk to someone to get that out and really discover what that emotion is and then you can name it and work with it and can manage it. 
not make it go away, just manage it with more awareness. So when I was thinking about testing anxiety, I was thinking this really comes up too for anyone going on a job interview or meeting new people. That a a lot of times, again, we're going to feel worry and concern and we can get, we can allow the anxiety to flare up its gnarly monster bear self and do poorly on the test or the interview or meeting someone. So one of the things that is that, or uh, there are a few things that, that are a great preventative and the first one is just moving your body before you go take a test, before you go to an interview, before you meet that person on the important meeting date, do some kind of physical movement. It can be running, walking, yoga, dancing to your fave dance jam. Do some kind of physical movement. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15, do what you can. If you have a class and you are testing at school, make sure you carve out that time before testing time and carve out 10 minutes for these tips, for allowing the physical movement, the dance jam. And then bring that energy back down with using mindful breathing with an anchor. Okay, so I mentioned what an anchor is back on episode seven, Mastering Anxiety. So make sure to listen to that if you missed that episode. And also having a positive mindset. And one way to have a positive mindset is also moving our body, using mindful breathing. And another way to do that is using affirmations. Okay, saying that you are strong, you are capable. I am strong, I am capable, I will succeed using affirmations and acknowledging your anxiety and nervousness is important. You don't want to pretend that it's not there because if you just bury it, it gets bigger. If you try to push it away, it gets bigger. If you try to ignore it, it gets bigger. So you want to acknowledge it and then you want to manage it. And again, my special note for students is having some kind of physical warm-up in class, dance jamming to a fun, uplifting song, doing some chair yoga, lots of great things that I'll be bringing your way regarding movement in the classroom, and mindful breathing with an anchor, using a positive mindset by incorporating affirmations and acknowledging your anxiety and nervousness. Great for students prior to taking tests, great for educators, prior to administering tests, and great for those parents, educators, leaders, whoever is listening prior to going to a job interview or or an important meeting date or having an important conversation. So before I close out today, friends, I just want to quickly recap in this episode on mindfulness and anxiety that the most important theme I want you to take away from this episode is when we try to run away from it, when we try to numb it, when we try to bury our anxiety, we make it much, much bigger. And it's gonna be so much more challenging to manage if we do that. 
and I want you to I want you to manage it as quickly as you can. Sometimes you're not going to be aware when it's going on within the hour or two hours or even a day, as I said in my story about my own anxiety the other day. It may take a couple of days. And so I gave you three things to do. One, I said, when you notice you're just off, you're just not feeling like your normal self, your best self, take an internal inventory on what's working in your life and what's not working. Get a piece of paper and a pen and just jot down what are some things that came into your circle of being in terms of work or relationships and what changed perhaps that had you, you know, just feeling off. For me, it was that project and the timeline surrounding it. And then once you discover that, then have a conversation with someone, a trusted individual And sometimes you can then discover that emotion. You're able to name it because naming the emotion is so important in order for you to manage it. If you don't know what the emotion is, you don't know what you're managing it, you can't have the right tool. So mindfulness, there are lots of different tools. So taking internal inventory, talking to a trusted individual can help us name the emotion. And I also said that you know, based on some research from a piece on mindful.org on mindfulness and anxiety that they have discovered that perhaps self-compassion can decrease anxiety and depression. And this is where I want you to understand that it's okay that you feel the way you feel. It's okay that you feel you know, overwhelmed or just burned out or just not yourself, that there's nothing wrong with that. But you're not going to allow those things to run your life. I'm going to say that again. You will not allow those things to run your life. And if you're an educator or educational leader, parent listening to this, you will not allow those things to run your kids' lives, your students' lives. Because I... I'm giving you tools right now, actionable things you can do right now to manage it, but it's going to take your commitment and the work to do it. Okay. So you don't want to force these feelings away. You want to be with those uncomfortable emotions and feelings. And one of the things is, is just really breathing into anxiety once you name it. Okay. And just being with it it will dissipate. It will go away. And again, we're talking about that generalized anxiety, okay? Because I know many of you might uh, you know, have this or have friends or family members that have debilitating anxiety where they have acute and chronic anxiety that requires medical attention and medication. And that sometimes is necessary. And a lot of times... Maybe that's not necessary and you can prevent it by working with mindfulness tools. All right, friends, and then just a quick recap, special note for students. Before your test, friends, and my educators and my educational leaders, move your body in a positive way to music, walk, run in place, do what you can, shake it out. Do your mindful breathing with an anchor 
and use your positive affirmations to get yourself in a positive mindset. Well, friends, I hope you find this valuable. It certainly was enlightening to me, and I'm always discovering new things about emotions that I feel in my mind and my body. And I was excited to share a little bit about my own experience with anxiety the other day. I did create something for you guys because it's helpful for you to work it out in a journal or on a piece of paper to get really familiar and intimate with how anxiety is showing up in your life. So I created an anxiety tracking sheet and it's free for you to work through. There's some questions to ask that I ask you about your anxiety. You can fill out and the intention of that document of the anxiety tracking sheet is for you to start taking the step on your own internal inventory on what's working and what's not and how anxiety shows up for you, like what triggers it. And it can be different on different days, but you've got to start somewhere. So go grab your anxiety tracking sheet completely free at soulsenseyoga.com forward slash anxiety tips. Again, you can get your free resource, which is your anxiety tracking sheet at soulsenseyoga.com. That's S-O-L-S-E-N-S-E-Y-O-G-A.com. Soulsenseyoga.com forward slash anxiety tips. And go visit the page, grab your free resource, and start working on your tracking sheet. And let me know what you discover. I want to know, uh, you know what you're discovering about your own anxiety. And I want to know that you find that resource valuable. So friends, thank you for being with me today on such an important topic. Anxiety is increasing for many of us. I'll save that for another episode. But I really wanted to give you like a framework to work with your anxiety and that was the intention of our episode today so one more time i'm going to give it to you anxiety tracking sheet you can go get your free resource at soulsandshoga.com forward slash anxiety tips well guys don't forget that i am hanging out on social on instagram facebook and twitter and make sure to follow me at athea davis and at soulsandshoga You know, I promise sparkles and good vibes to get you motivated and moving and grooving into your best self. And you know, I'm showing up in all the places. Don't forget to join me. Friends, make sure to mark this in your calendar. On Fridays at 9 a.m. Central Time, on Instagram and Facebook Live, I show up on each Friday, giving you additional insights, information, and inspiration to help you become the person everyone loves, and most importantly, including yourself, always helping you de-stress for success. And I just added another live on Twitter, also on Fridays, 9.30. So pick your favorite platform and join me there. All right, friends, until next time, bye. Thank you for listening to the Mindful Living Podcast with me, your host, 
Athea Davis. Think of me as your extra sparkly, good vibes, and no-nonsense guide, reminding you to take intentional action and choose to be the person today you want to become tomorrow. The world needs your sparkle, your joy, your gifts in action. Speaking of, I have a free gift for all my podcast listeners. Go now and subscribe to my email list and get your free health and wellness guide, Awesome Sauce Insights at soulsenseyoga.com. And take a moment to rate and review my podcast on iTunes or wherever you may find yourself listening to Mindful Living with Athea Davis. I truly appreciate your time and feedback so I can continue to deliver valuable content to each of you. Until next time, have an awesome sauce day, friends. Thank you.